Media. How you doing, everybody? The Chet Kovic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Course, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. All right. Welcome once again to Sports Card featuring Lester Munson, legal analyst, nationally recognized legal analyst from ESPN. Yours truly, Chet Kopic, brought to you by the great people, our good friends at American Taxi. I don't have to tell you that American Taxi is Chicago's premier suburban taxi service for comfort, for safety, for reliability. You will never touch the excellence of American Taxi. Lester, uh, down in uh, Auburn University. There's a young man by the name of uh, Cam Newton. Uh, uh, where do you think this young man might be about six months or a year from now? Boy, I don't know, Chet, but he uh, he sure can play. And the better he plays, the more stuff people dig up on him. Uh, it's like a contest among all of us. What can you find out about Cam Newton today? First, we had this recruiter, a chaser, uh, who offered who offered him to Mississippi State for $200,000. Newton is saying the guy had no authority to do that. It never happened. Uh, now we have Fox Sports reporting that he was about to get thrown out of Florida uh, under Urban Meyer for cheating, for first taking somebody else's paper, putting his name on it. Then he got caught. Then he bought a paper off the Internet and submitted that, and hey, so at, then he uh, was done. At Oklahoma, that's a way of life. <laughs> well, I, I would say, how does this distinguish him from 45 other football players? The, the, uh, but the, the Auburn coach, guess what he's saying? Oh, this is a good kid. There's nothing wrong with him. It's all garbage. I don't want to hear another word about it. So Auburn is ranked, what, number two? So this could become a better and bigger story. Uh, Lester, immediately two things come to mind. Number one is uh, Cameron Newton, a new age Marcus Dupree, the young man who had uh, schools literally throwing money at him back in the early 1980s before he committed to uh, Barry Switzer and Oklahoma. And number two, are you finding, as I am finding, that there are individuals who carry votes for the Heisman Trophy who are saying right now basically anybody but Newton? I think uh, there is some similarity between him and Dupree. Dupree was uh, the subject of a recruiting war that goes down in the annals of college recruiting. Uh, ESPN, the producer, did a great job with that, with Switzer and with Texas. Uh, They came and lived in Philadelphia, Mississippi, so they could keep their eye on Dupree every day, all day. Incredible. Uh, And he was a great player. Newton may not be the player that Dupree was, but he certainly uh, is is on the verge of a national championship. He's on the verge of a Heisman Trophy. And the way this Heisman is right now, when they've just watched Reggie Bush turn his back in, these guys who are voting are going to be double careful about a guy like Newton. I don't think they want to be embarrassed like that again. Are you uh, disturbed by the uh, legal profession? Are you disturbed by uh, NCAA athletics that uh, Reggie Bush essentially skates in all this, he loses the John W. Heisman Trophy. But let's be realistic. In the eyes of the public, he'll always be a Heisman Trophy winner. So he lost the statue. Big deal. Basically, Reggie Bush walked away with a bundle of dough. His family walked away with uh, uh, gifts galore from uh, the people in Troy. Are you, as a member of the legal profession, disturbed by all this? I am. Uh, I'm disturbed by the performance of the NCAA in this. They did manage to put together 
a fairly decent investigation. I think if they had worked a little harder, it could have been a lot tougher case. I think not only is Reggie Bush walking away unscathed, so is University of Southern California. They Mm -hmm. had both Reggie Bush and the basketball player uh, in a very short period of time. Um, And why are they still allowed to compete? If ever there was, with those two, the death penalty should have been considered, and it was not. So I, I'm I'm disappointed in the NCAA not enforcing its own rules. How in the devil can Pete Carroll, former head coach at USC, now the uh, top gun with the Seattle Seahawks, honest to gosh, look at a guy with a notepad or a camera and with a straight face say, I had no idea this was going on? It, it, to be a head football coach in Division One under the NCAA rules, you got to be able to do that. You have to be able to... Uh, lie with a smile on your face. You have to maintain all these pretenses that these are student athletes, that they're going to class, and that they are amateurs, and you're not paying them anything. I mean, there's so much mendacity in the world of NCAA football that you you could hardly even make a list. Lester, I'm looking at this copy of uh, a brief from uh, the U.S. Department of Justice. It mentions uh, the Chicago White Sox. It also mentions the uh, federal grand jury. Um, are the Black Sox going back on again? Is, is Joe Jackson's name finally going to be cleared? <laughs> uh, this this is the federal government and the White Sox, but in this case, uh, they're working together. Uh, the White Sox figured out that their director of Latin scouting, David Wilder, was ripping them off. He would sign a player, claim the contract was for $100,000. He would then give the player fifty or $60,000 and mm, keep yeah. the rest for himself. It's a kickback scheme. He's now been indicted here in Chicago for mail fraud. Uh, it's a very serious case. There are two of his scouts who are also indicted, and there's a lot of money involved here. There's a half a million dollars, and the White Sox, not only have they lost all this money, I am sure that many of the players they invested in were mediocre players with no future. Sure. The only reason they were signed was because this guy was making extra money by signing them. So we have two other individuals, both of uh, Latin descent, uh, Georgia Oquendo Rivera and uh, Victor Mateo, who are both involved. If you're the prosecution, uh, would you listen to uh, the defense if they offered up uh, uh, a guarantee that Rivera and Mateo would testify against Wilder? Would you be prepared to cut deals with the uh, two uh, lesser lights to nail the big boy? They would do that in a minute. Uh, I'm sure that the two scouts, the two Hispanic scouts, are in a hurry running to the courthouse in Chicago trying to cut their deal so that by testifying against Wilder, who's the target in the case, uh, they will help themselves. They can save themselves uh, jail time. They can save themselves legal fees. Uh, They can look like good citizens, and they can go back home probably without a lot of difficulty uh, in in doing a plea with the government on this case. All right, Lester, let's you and I play our favorite game. Uh, I will make you a deal. I represent uh, David S. Wilder. Seven counts of uh, mail fraud, a significant sum of money involved. Tell what I'll do. I'll give you, um, I'll give you six months in prison with um, a three-year suspended sentence, 400 hours of community service, and a kickback, not a kickback, but a repayment of $100,000 based on $33,333 a year. Are you buying? The uh, the government is probably, Chet, going to want a little more jail time in this case. There's so much money involved here. 
and the scheme is so egregious that they're probably looking for a year in jail. The, they, they are also, in this indictment, asking him to forfeit every nickel that he ever made in this scheme, and that could end up a half a million dollars. Which has already been blown. Uh, it's probably gone, yeah. Or, or he's hidden it away somewhere, uh, a little bit of each, a combination mm-hmm. of both. But, yeah, I think they, once the two scouts become government witnesses, Wilder is going to be in a position where he's going to have to bargain a plea. He would be happy, I think, to get four or six months in jail. He might have to accept a few more months. Patrick Fitzgerald, the man in charge of the Northern District, the man who was, uh, let's be realistic, keenly embarrassed by what transpired with Rob Blagojevich. He will go after Wilder, in my opinion, with fangs that are salivating. I don't have any doubt about it. He's a brilliant prosecutor, the Blagojevich case notwithstanding. There was a rogue juror there who, uh, you know, caused that case to become an embarrassment to him, just as you say. But he, this is a nice case for him. It involves the White Sox. It's going to get a lot of coverage. And he can say he's cleaning up one of the real nasty pieces of business in all of baseball. So if Wilder does not find a way to plead guilty, he's in for a ne- for a very bad ride here. And these these federal prosecutors are first class. They know exactly what they're doing. I think Rod Blagojevich is going to find that out in the second trial. And as you say, he's he's a terrific prosecutor, and this is a nice, this is red meat for him. Lester, quoting uh, Patrick J. Fitzgerald, again, a U.S. attorney for the Northern District, quote, the defendants were supposed to recruit players by paying amounts of money that matched their skills and were no greater than the amount needed to sign players. Instead, the indictment alleges that the defendants secretly inflated those signing bonuses to uh, fund kickbacks for themselves. Again, this this just reeks to me that they were looking at stiffs, they were looking at corpses, inflating the numbers, and keeping huge sums for themselves. They would find a guy, they would then go to Kenny Williams and the White Sox and say, we've got the next Omar Vizquel, we've got the next Luis Aparicio, we've got the next somebody and and what is Kenny Williams going to do he's not going to go to the Dominican Republic and watch the kid he's got to rely on these guys they would say we can get him for a hundred thousand dollars and it would be very interesting to find out who these players were how far they advanced in organized baseball probably not very far they were stiffs and they were just tools for these guys to make some extra money do you find it very interesting that the investigation actually begins with according to uh, Fitzgerald the White Sox themselves, and that they reported their findings first to Major League Baseball. The White Sox figured out what he was doing. They fired him. They turned over all the information to baseball's security department. They, in turn, gave it to the FBI, and the FBI made this case uh, against Wilder, and they decided to have it here in Chicago. They could have had it in San Francisco, but uh, here is where it's going to be. Lester, there are 30 Major League Baseball teams. I think we'd be painfully naive if we said to ourselves, that uh, the Wilder and the two other uh, defendants are isolated. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a fourth to one third of your scouts in Major League Baseball are uh, taking dough under the table. Particularly when they are working in Japan or Korea, yeah. or more importantly, in these Hispanic uh, markets where There's there is essentially no visibility, none whatsoever. And and the the owner of the team and the management of the team, Kenny Williams in this case, they have to rely on these guys. They have to rely on their word. They have to trust them, and they have to make their investments uh, accordingly. And we all know that the the teams that do well are doing a lot of scouting in 
uh, Hispanic nations and in Japan. And, and who, yeah, I would say you're right. There's, there's a lot of corruption here, and this is going to scare some of these guys uh, in a major way. Let's uh, work out the assumption that uh, Fitzgerald gets a victory against uh, Wilder and the uh, two other defendants. Would you then be surprised if the Chicago White Sox were to file suit against Wilder? They could. Um, it would not surprise me at all. They would have to decide whether he would be good for any of the money. Obviously, it's a case they could win. They could file it. They could win it. And then, however, he may have uh, either wasted all the money or hidden it away so that they couldn't collect it. But I, I would think that to show that they are the victims of a corrupt individual, they might want to file that case. Lester, are you surprised that uh, Brad Childress of Minnesota is still coaching the Vikings for Ziggy Wolf? I am surprised. The uh, After you see what happens at the Dallas Cowboys, you wonder why the Vikings are putting up with this guy. He, he the, Is there something missing with him? He, he has no sense of humor. He, has no, he, he makes these statements... He's fighting with Brett Favre of all people. Why would you, of all find a guy who's the number three cornerback and pick a fight with him? Don't <laughs> fight with Brett Favre. I mean, uh, the, the guy is. Uh, I, I feel bad for him. He, he's on his way out. Maybe Ziggy Wolf just does not want to go through an interim coach, and he'll stick with him. But um, the, they're a contender. Uh, y- you would think that the owner would want to do something with the head coach. What made Childress think he could just arbitrarily cut Randy Moss without telling his ownership? I mean, that is the most that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard of in my life. After they go out on a limb, they make this investment. That they they sign the guy. Uh, he's the second most famous player on the team. And this is what he does. That, that there are there is some evidence that maybe Childress is in the wrong business. Uh, Lester, I think you may have something there. Yeah. And this has been Sports Court. Sports Court featuring Lester Munson and Chet Coppock, brought to you, of course, by our great friend John Coyne and the people at American Taxi. Don't forget, if you live in the Chicago suburbs and you're thinking about O'Hare or Midway, whatever the case may be, whatever your destination, the only way to go for taxi service. But a great comfort, safety, and reliability is to go with American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around. For our tech man, Dan Levy, Luster, and yours truly, Chet Kopic. So long, everybody.